0: welcome to the one more rep podcast where you take it beyond the barbell i'm your host modingo and across from me with a nice cup of cold brew from warehouse four where you at? is my man brody what's up dog
1: yo man you know only reason I'm not drinking beer is because I want to work out after this. <laughs> I found a long time ago, beer and then working out does not mix. I don't
0: think I've ever done that. I probably, I mean, it's it's challenging enough for me to work out sober. So, like, throwing <laughs> a beer or two in there probably wouldn't help things out.
1: Speaking of which, you just sobered up from that last from beer we had. that we had. I had yesterday. on yeah, uh, Friday. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Friday. Oh, that 7 percent Yeah. yeah. Uh, coming fresh off the heels
0: of, or no, Summer Showdown. Which was your, this is the third time you've done that Second time. Second? Okay. Mm -hmm. Three male, or sorry, three-person teams. Yep. uh, Same gender. Yep. Now, I've watched a lot of Brody's comps, and this one, to me, was probably more challenging than the rest of the ones that he's ever thrown, because although the workouts weren't crazy, uh, not a lot of gymnastics, but because it was only three people, the rest was severely limited. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what
1: um, really crept up on some people. His yeah. work rest cycles. I think Matt from um, the track said it yesterday. Plop, who we had on here for the the the, um, the bonus episode, the bonus about episode about marketing. Yeah. You know, he's just saying how first one just kind of woke you up. Second one, you know, the strength was cool, and then it just progressively got really worse to where <laughs> <laughs> he said, that if I found this, his spleen to uh, ship it back to him because it was his. He said it was over by lane one, right? Lane one, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and then I guess his hamstrings are somewhere in here, too. (laughs) He messaged uh, me today, but no. He had pictures of himself in a jacuzzi this morning. (laughs) Rough life. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But, no, it was was fun because I introduced a whole segment of dumbbells, Mm -hmm. right? And so you know, we've had about two years now to really be messing with dumbbells Mm -hmm. and, and gyms should have been messing with dumbbells. And you come to find out they really weren't Mm -hmm. messing with dumbbells because you could tell who has, hasn't have or has, because you learn how to how to hold them a little bit, hold them. But I think you learn that you have to break differently on a dumbbell thruster than you would a barbell thruster. You're going to, you have to break those up a lot different. Like if we had a, a 95 or 115-pound dumbbell thruster or a barbell thruster in one of the, uh, the six-minute AMRAPs yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, it would have definitely been a little bit different. But they had to break those up because they're coupled with the overhead lunge as well. Mm-hmm. You put a barbell, it's a lot more stable. Mm-hmm. And I think what people found out how unstable they are for – it's not like a barbell. Yeah, where thing. you can kind of compensate. mm mm-hmm. Yep, We're with the dumbbells. Yeah. You can find out which arm's stanky and which <laughs> is not stanky because it one's sagging and one's locked out, right? So, no, I thought it was pretty cool to be able to introduce that. And and I the programming I thought was pretty cool. You know, I don't ever think I'm like the shit, but I think the programming was good because I think it challenged a lot of different um, aspects as far as fitness. And, of course, I love to test the mental game and the, the teamwork. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be able to throw the dumbbells in there, this was the first time I thought it was really cool. Mm-hmm. And I just posted on um, the the event page that when I do these, when I program, I, I, I test the our community who's competing because our competitions are harder than most, mm-hmm. right? And it, I, yeah, I... very I, few competitions where you see things like double unders and handstand push-ups in a scaled division, which you often do. Right. And I think that um, what I was saying is... I, I put things out there as feelers to see how like how the training is going in the rest of the communities. Mm-hmm. I know what we do, mm-hmm. and our people will be ready, but um, it's, it's cool because I can see that I can start pushing the envelope a little bit more here and a little bit more there safely because people are progressing, and I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. And to see people putting in all this work and watching progress has been awesome, mm-hmm. and it allows me to do more and opens up my book even more on what I can bring in because – In all honesty, if if I was programming for an elite, like true RX, elite, regional Mm -hmm. competition, I wouldn't do, I would do this stuff, but just differently. Mm -hmm. And that's how you have to do it. You know, you base it off the the level of competitors and their abilities. Mm -hmm. I think that's cool.
0: Thank you for the likes and shares and also uh, giving us feedback on our social media channels on ideas for more content. But don't forget to hit that subscribe button as well. We we need that to help us get higher on all those lovely algorithms that we are subject to when it comes to all the the big offerings. Would there be iTunes? Uh, who else we got out there? Google Play. Google Play. iHeartRadio. Uh, iHeartRadio, which is our newest one. Still waiting on uh, Spotify to come through. They're going through some changes, but we're also on Stitcher as well.
1: Yeah, because we have no idea how it works.
0: <laughs> so I, if you guys know how it works, I'm just
1: saying it's by design. We were just talking about that. Yeah. They, they kind of keep
0: all that stuff cloaked.
1: Yeah, because they don't want us to be able to cheat to get... To hack their They algorithm. want us to Brooke Wells it. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! You're not going to get unblocked. Dude. Nope. No, I know. It's not happening. She, me and the other 10,000 people, she probably the block. <laughs> I'm such a dick, man. <laughs> I'm just sorry. I am. Sorry, Brooke. It's okay. I'm sure she's over it. Yeah, we did this one previously.
0: It's kind of branching off uh, one of our original episodes that we did at our launch, episode three, coaching, and the question we're going to ask today is, you still want to be a coach? Some of the things we're going to cover today are, we'll talk a little bit about episode three and some of the things we covered, uh, where does it all start, some responsibilities uh, as far as the individual and the owners, and about your abilities as an athlete and how those pertain or how
1: they can impact you being a coach as well. Yeah, I'm excited to do this one. Um, we, we uh, so we tied in the um, into the mentality on mindset, mindset, right? And I think it's cool. We're gonna we'll be able to hit these sub kind of these, these subtopics of our main topics that were actually really, really popular. Coaching was one of them. Mentality is definitely still one of our top. You know, I think we can. Um, we we touched on slightly on the body image again this last episode that we released. Um, So it's cool that, it's not that we don't want to do that, but it's cool to hear people want more to do do with that topic, yeah, yeah, dig deeper into that topic, because they were very popular topics among everybody that's downloaded them. So in episode three, we talked about the process of becoming a coach,
0: and essentially, and whether you agree or disagree, all it really takes to become a recognized coach in the eyes of HQ is to pay your $1,000 and go to the the seminar. Yep. Yep. Uh, I mentioned during my class, there were some people that had been doing CrossFit, you know, less than six months that were going to become coaches. There was one individual was going to become an owner or sorry, a manager at a gym. Uh, uh, But then you go to the opposite end of the spectrum where there was one individual in my class that had no access to a CrossFit box close to him, so he'd been doing everything through YouTube. Mm -hmm. So he was, like, super excited, and he was a sponge, and he would just soaking up all the knowledge and just hitting up all the facilitators and talking to everybody
1: in the room because he just wanted to become part of this culture. And I want to touch on that real quick because we touched on this last episode. The question was, should you get your L1... If you're not interested in being a coach, mm-hmm. and you know I shot the shit out of it, <laughs> like <laughs> really, because. But I think this is the only exception I could see doing it is if you have zero access to an affiliate, mm-hmm. and you're you know you're you're trying to learn on YouTube still, and and trying to see all these videos. I think then, and only then, I, I think that justifies actually going and doing it because you have no other means mm-hmm. of being corrected. So, by he's not going to go. Teach all these people and think he's going to be this great coach. Mm-hmm. He needs it to make sure that everything he's learning is good, and then he can be kind of adjusted. And it gives him hands-on stuff to work on. So, if like, nothing
0: else, an extremely solid foundation. Right. We also touched a little bit about uh, our thoughts on the process. You know, Brody and I both have concerns for people that just basically come up and say, "Well, I want to be a, a gym owner, but I need to get my L one first and pay my affiliation fee." You know, there's really no there's no filtering system, there's no checklist, there's no prerequisites in order for you to become a coach and an owner besides
1: the financial aspect of it. Well, I think that there is a filter. It just it's a very slow filtering system and that is about probably 2 years of when you open an affiliate and then <laughs> when you close it. <laughs> it's just a very slow filter because if you have if you are that person, mm-hmm. then it just doesn't work. You First off, you have to have you have to have some sort of like mindset of like you you have to be involved heavily in a community to even understand what you are about to you know be undertake. the he- undertake and be the head of. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a if you're not huge in your community, and you're not you don't have a huge understanding of that and you don't have that at the minimum, don't even worry about being an owner because what you're you're going to fail. You mm-hmm. will fail and the fact that it is you know, I deci- de- define success completely differently than maybe most. But you're going to fail your membership because you're not going to have a good retention rate. You're going to be a revolving door gym, and it, it, now can you accept that and live up to the grind of what it is to be an owner, and and not have that? You know, it, it is a grind. It's mm-hmm. and Matt said it best. It is. This is really a, a it's a tough business, mm-hmm. and if you don't have that at minimum, it doesn't matter if you have the L1 have. $1 million in equipment, if you don't have your community behind you mm-hmm. and you're not leading from the front, it ain't gonna matter. Yeah, the, the product that you deliver as
0: a owner of a gym is much different than if you are in a retail business. You
1: know, retail, you're just selling. Mm-hmm. But with CrossFit, it's about retention. Right, you can't sell. I refuse to this day to sell CrossFit and I'll never sell CrossFit because if I have to sell something to someone who may be on the fence and then they join and they quit two months later i the amount of time that we invest, invest, yeah. invest to them is is just it's a lot more than the, the most, and that's what we tell people. We're upfront. We don't want you to quit. When you sign up for our gym, we 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 want you a member for life, mm-hmm. and that can be kind of daunting, but. You it's know like me, the mob
0: with here with you here at CrossFit uh, but, XS.
1: Right. <laughs> but we don't we don't whack you. <laughs> yeah. But and you're always walking because we know things happen in life uh-huh. where CrossFit is always the first to go in the budget and such. But no, we want people here for life. But you're right. If we are about retention, CrossFit should be about retention, not mm-hmm. a revolving door, quick, quick dollar. Back on topic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> where does it all start with this whole coaching process as far as the mentality or thought process or the desire, right? Like for you, how did it start?
1: Ah, uh, well, man, I was in it. it was I, a, I think
0: your story is similar to a lot of people out there that become coaches slash owners.
1: Yeah, there was a falling out at, at our last gym with the two of the coaches. He was hard up for a coach. I didn't want to coach. Um, Angie wanted to get certified. She got certified first. Um, then I did it just to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, in all honesty, we came out of another gym that was just. It was very toxic in the fact that it was, um, very clicky mm-hmm. and we both said we want, we want to just just be members of a gym when we went to this other gym mm-hmm. and, um, we just want to be members, don't want to, we want to be part of the community. We don't want to be in with, you know, we don't be best friends with the owner. You know, and we don't want to be a click and not that we were part of it, but we were and we didn't know it, but we, I never treat anybody differently, mm-hmm. but but sometimes I, when people
0: perceive you as being a part of in, of it was a friendship. Group,
1: if you're a part you know, of a friendship, they ex- some people can automatically
0: mm-hmm. lump you in.
1: You should know me. I'm the I'm the opposite of the click. Like I am anti-click. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just wanted to be members. Needed to be a uh, they needed trainers because two of them had left, um, and so end up doing it. And I just did it to help. Mm-hmm. Thank God I did it. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, they get no credit, obviously, but um, you know. I think that everything happens for a reason. I just didn't know what the hell the reason was That time. I was just trying to help someone that needed help, Mm -hmm. which is I'm very accustomed to do. And for me,
0: it was a kind of like a whimsical thing. As I'd mentioned in the previous episode, just for some reason I decided to look and see when the next L1 seminar was in the local area. It was like within 30 days. I talked to my wife. She said it was cool. And I went ahead and got it. And I don't think I told my owner that I had gotten my L one till after, till after I had gotten it, I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, by the way, I went to the seminar last weekend, and they were like, oh, do you want to coach? I was like, well, I didn't really think about it. I just wanted to go to improve right. my skills. It was more for me. It wasn't with an end goal. And some again, just like you, some things happened. Um, you know, military medical move. Those three reasons why people leave, and uh, a couple of the coaches had left. One was military. Uh, one. Was just an issue of geography because mm-hmm. the person had was he had just got they had just gotten married and moved and it just did, it didn't make sense for that person to continue to come to our our facility because it was way out of the way. So they were kind of short on coaches, and then I was like, "Well, yeah, I'll, I'll help." Same same type of concept because right. that's just kind of my personality. I, I'm one of those people that likes to help people. That good people, good people, yeah. And boom, here I am. Doing a podcast, doing a podcast, <laughs> <And> <laughs> not talking coach. about coaching, right? Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it didn't really start anywhere other than just out of curiosity. I just wanted to become a better athlete, and I figured, what
1: better way to do that than going through the through the, the course? Like I was just telling Mo off the mic, you know, if you could if you could ask gym owners, like why they started a gym, there's going to be, if you take 10 reasons, someone's going to fall in those top 10 for one of the reasons, Mm -hmm. and I think being a coach is the same way, kind of, it's just, it's usually on a whim. No, Very few people, literally, they start CrossFit, I want to be a coach, coach. you know, and then I want to be an owner. This ain't the minor leagues and the the pros, you know what (laughs) I mean? You really just start CrossFit and and things happen, Mm -hmm. and then opportunities may arise, or you may You may have been impacted by a coach Mm -hmm. and you want to be able to give that impact to someone. Mm -hmm. So there's other ways, but there's only a few reasons typically why people want to become a coach. And um, we're very similar. Mm.
0: So let's talk about some of the responsibilities of a coach. One thing people probably don't take into consideration as they pursue this lifestyle of becoming a coach is are the responsibilities. You know, you and I, have talked at length about this and it's, it's nothing, it's not something you should be taken lightly. It's a huge responsibility. You're taking people are looking at you as a subject matter expert and they want you to help them achieve whatever fitness goals that they have. It's something that you really have to be serious about when you make that decision
1: to, to become a coach. I, you know, we've kind of talked about maybe on air some, Mm -hmm. But off off the air, we've definitely talked about this. If you're not going to take this serious, don't even do it. Like, unless you're that one person has no access to, Mm -hmm. you know, they just need it for them. You you need to really just, if you're not serious about your responsibility of these people, you're going to be, in essence, in charge of Mm -hmm. for an hour each day Mm -hmm. and be willing to put in the extra work and the extra time to find out you know, all the nuances of, you know, how, how they're moving, how to detect it, how they're moving. If it's right, it's wrong. Mm -hmm. If it's wrong, how to fix it, how to fix it instantly, give them cues and don't, you be relentless with your cues. If you're not willing to go the extra mile and be there for these people, um, that entire class, then you shouldn't be a coach. I mean, that's just the reality of it, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. because you know how it is. It's, when I coach back-to-back classes and then I try to roll into a class, I'm, I'm really tired, you're exhausted, right? And, and just till recently, uh, my food has been way upped and mm-hmm. it's helped me out dramatically. I was highly under eating cause you don't realize how much you, um, energy, you're how exerting. much energy you're exerting. So it wasn't, it's physically demanding in essence, but it's, we're CrossFitters, so it shouldn't be that physically demanding, mm-hmm. but it does take a lot of energy as far as you're, you're fixing this, you're, you're going, you're checking this, you're, you know, you should invest as much into your uh, training session as a coach as your actual training session. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, you have to be attention to detail, very focused. You have and, in the process of that, you have that clock clicking, clock, clicking down. Yeah, too. you're you're under the clock. Mm-hmm. Um, you and it's just not you. So if you're training, it's you're trying to focus on you. Now you got to focus on you know ten to twenty other people mm-hmm. and, and and everything they're doing wrong, and still let them get their workout in and 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 you know, not interrupt their one hour and get the most out of them and not just push them to the side because they're moving okay. Mm-hmm. And that's the fault that I often see.
0: And I think one thing that people underestimate is the amount of time that it takes once you become a coach because it's not just about that 60-minute class. Oh, heck no. For us, we, we use uh, SugarWad. So, yep, and uh, we also use WAD together for our, our athlete management system. So if we get a new athlete or a walk-in or something, or or a a new member, Mm -hmm. we're required to uh, document on them every time we teach them for, I think, I think it's for their first 20 classes. Okay. Everyone has to write something in there. And sometimes I'll have, like, two brand-new athletes or two walk-ins, and you just have to start making notes. And so now that 60 minutes becomes 90 minutes. And then even after the class, because we all agree that you can't correct – you, you can, there's only so much correction you can do during a class when you're doing a group class. I say only so much teaching. Well, okay, okay yeah, there you go. Only right. so much teaching you can you do during You can't teach
1: a class. someone how to do a snatch in one class. Correct. You can correct them on to position.
0: Mm-hmm. To try and minimize the lack of form. Correct, yep. And so then maybe there's another 15 minutes where I'm talking, going over mm-hmm. starting position, you know, hand position, where they put the shoulders and everything, because I can't stop the class just to cater to that one person. So right. now that hour and a half is now two hours mm-hmm. and it just kind of creeps up and then i'll be maybe going driving home like oh crap i need to message this other person because i saw that they had an um they shot me an email real quick and then now i'm at home and i'm putting my gym bag down and i have to get on my phone, iphone and like t- you know oh hey so and so blah blah try this try this you know i'll see you tomorrow maybe you can show up early and i think that's something for me being in the military like i don't have one job so i was kind of used to that having to multitask and parse out time for what would appear to be a 60 minute project. But I think if you're not prepared for the amount of individual effort it requires to coach outside of that 60 minutes, that can be something that people aren't prepared for.
1: Yeah. And I was going to, I was going to say exactly what he just did, you know, as an owner and Anna, a trainer, and I mean, I, I think they're separate, but they they're are, the same. They um, cause there's d- different tasks, but, um, I go home and I could it could be one thirty in the morning and I'm not joking. I'll be scrolling through Instagram and boom, I see a video that can be helpful to, to one of athletes, our to yeah. one of our athletes who's I been did that struggling. the other
0: day with the pistol progression.
1: Right. And <laughs> so it doesn't stop. It's to me, as an owner, you know, maybe as trainers you can switch it off a little earlier. I don't think you should. But as an owner, it's it's twenty four seven as you know, you're trying to find the best things for your, your athletes, but also on the business side as well. So it's a huge, you know, you don't have just your class because mm-hmm. you know, as a, a trainer, typically you're going to train, you could train one, maybe two specific classes, whatever. And you'll, you have your access is maybe, you know, say 15 or 20 people compared mm-hmm. to an entire gym. Mm-hmm. So now you have to take all those rest of those dots and you have to find mm-hmm. out oh crap, this works for them. And then so my mind's always gone. I think, you're right, it doesn't stop, it shouldn't stop, mm-hmm. and I think that's what people don't understand is the responsibility is to them and to, uh, to the athlete, mm-hmm. the responsibility is to make them the best they can and always find out the most you can for them, and some people don't want to put in that extra effort. They want to go home and worry about themselves, mm-hmm. and that's just a bad. That's a bad mindset.
0: And the word that kind of comes to mind is supervisor. Yeah, you know, and not in a negative way, Mm-mm. but like you're you're responsible for this person's development.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, whether you coach them every day or not. If you coach them one day, you have to assume responsibility for that person for that day. Because there's some people that switch different classes. Like I said, with my class, I have a pretty core group of members, so right. I'm very. Intimate with them, and I and I know a lot more about uh, them. Yeah, I know, I know a lot more about my class, whereas you have to know about your entire community.
1: Right? Yeah, it's it's, it's tough, man. But you know, you we, we we're just talking. That's the gyms that are going to fail because they don't do that. You go, mm-hmm. I hear the stories. You hear stories. I talk to people. They don't get that. And you know, I jokingly say some of our members they're they're very spoiled in the fact they've never had any other gym but ours. Mm-hmm. They're, you've been to other gyms, mm-hmm. and I've been to other gyms, and it's definitely not the same. No, and, and it's not a bad thing, but it's also sometimes you don't realize everything you get is not what here is not what you get everywhere at, at, at other gyms. Yeah, and so it's because we do go the extra mile, and I, I believe in what we're talking about. As a coach, it, it never stops; mm-hmm. it, it shouldn't stop.
0: Absolutely. Some of the common issues that you see with coaches, new and experienced. Uh, sometimes I think we talked about this in the burnout episode. Sometimes coaches get burnout. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we just said; it's nonstop. You know, it's in how much are you are you able to invest in your athletes. You know, you have to you have to invest in them. In when when I see coaches start to get burnt out, it's because well, maybe life has happened. Someone got a new job. You know, I'm going to go through this transition here shortly, so I'm kind of preparing myself Retirement. emotionally. <laughs> yes i'm retiring from the air force but you you know with my whatever my next profession is how is this going to impact my my life as a coach you know and i have some concerns for that i think you might be able to piggyback it but <laughs> <laughs> sure you get that but yeah th- th- this goes to brody always telling me i'm gonna own a gym
1: he is mark my words <laughs> he should but um
0: what was the question? The work-life balance, you know, the, the common issues, you know, the, yeah. the balance I think is probably the first thing that people experience as a coach is not ne- fully realizing how much time it takes.
1: If you, there, when you get your L1, you, like we've talked, you come out with like, you're ready to go. You're ready to just. You're legally. Yeah. You're ready to, you're ready to get in and yeah. start crushing it. And the reality is you're not even here. You're not, you're not, you're just on the, you're on the very, you like, check
0: the first box.
1: You're on the very, like, beginning stages of being a trainer mm-hmm. at our gym, and I I would hope other gyms put a lot of effort, which we'll talk to you about in a second, is you have the most utter, basic... Mm-hmm. You're legally responsible. Yeah, That's about that, it. It, yeah. it. That is about it. You really, the knowledge you get isn't, like, crazy. It's, you, get, you get to see what it's like to get kind of picked apart sometimes. Mm-hmm. You see what people... You can see movement patterns, but it's you're it's eight 16 hours it's nothing mm-hmm. and um so when you come in you're ready to go ready to go ready to go and i'm like whoa bro <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> you got a shadow all right yeah so we have a shadowing system it's very very long um and it's dictated it could be even longer depending on some people it just takes time to get comfortable mm-hmm. and i think that's what you see is you you come out of the l1 you, you're you ready to go and then your first class you're you're like what the hell mm-hmm. is this it's it's crazy because there's so many so many eyeballs on you yep. <laughs> you're under the clock and guess what one of your owners or the head trainers in your class yeah. taking it you They're, talk you talk about pressure yeah, right it ramps it up just a little bit ramps it up a little bit so yeah there's becoming a becoming a new trainer there's a uh, there's a lot of pitfalls and i think to to try to minimize that you need to latch on to someone who has experience mm-hmm and pick their brain and then like i said it can never switch off that means you got to go home you got to watch videos you Mm got to you know read books read Mm -hmm. books you got to read articles you got to find start really digging into motor control function compared to you know in the movement patterns and is it a mobility or motor motor control issue and Mm -hmm. and things like that and if you want to take it that level which you should uh it's it's just a never-ending thing
0: absolutely now Moving on to the next part of this whole coaching pathway, mm-hmm. the responsibilities of the owner.
1: Yeah. Often forgot, I mean, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I just – I've seen articles like how much do you actually – How much, as an owner, how much do you actually reinvest into your trainers? Mm-hmm.
0: I, I think as an owner, if you're not fully aware of your responsibilities to your coaches as well as your athletes – it can creep up on you Mm -hmm. when you get to the point that you haven't invested as much in professional development of your trainers as you maybe thought you did. It's an ever evolving process as a coach or a trainer, like you mentioned in, in episode three, a lot of times and even I'll take my military experience as well. I feel like I've trained like, my junior leaders to do certain X, Y, and Z, but not realizing that I haven't actually sat down with all of them and said, Hey guys, this is what we're doing. You know, I might've taught this guy and that individual over there, and maybe not really communicated my vision or message as clearly as I thought I had. And making sure that you're Open to those blind spots when people say, Hey, you know, because you you look at a process, you're like, Hey, why is everybody hosed up on this particular movement? Right. Oh, well, when's the last time we talked about that in our coaches' meetings? Yeah. Or did professional development? And it's real easy to have confidence in your coaches to the point where you're like, Oh, well, now they know how to teach that. Mm -hmm. But have we validated? Have we drilled? Have we kind of like in the L1 where you teach that you train the trainer, that type thing? And oh, well, hey, have you ever thought about using this cue? Or, well, hey, I had this experience where this person had this injury or this range of motion limitation, and this is what I told them to do. Oh, well, this person had a baseball background, so I was able to relate this to something that right. I remember as a drill when I was in Little League. Just You know, knowledge sharing, creating opportunities for learning and mentorship and development.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to snitch on someone right now, and it's me. I mean, honestly, I've kind of dropped the ball on this recently. You know, I had a really big, you know, come-to-Jesus moment that I – you know we we do invest into our trainers but it's not to the level that I think it should be
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i would say you know uh, as an owner you have a lot of responsibilities a lot of things moving and then i'm always i'm always looking for something else you know what i mean mm-hmm. but i don't i don't let something else fail because of it but it, it maybe doesn't get it shouldn't be to the level of where it should be and the hardest part about being an owner and scheduling your trainer stuff is because your trainers aren't... This is not their full-time thing. Mm-hmm. They have families. They have their jobs. Mm-hmm. They have uh, commitments outside of it. Maybe they want to play some video games. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You get a free pass for this <laughs> meeting. But I think that's kind of where I would I would always run into a wall. Because you're trying to juggle X amount of schedules. And you if the content that you want to give to your trainers is on this day, but two or three of your trainers can't show up, mm-hmm. then what do you do, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's kind of where, you know... We that ha- balancing act. It's that balancing act, and but I can control that And the fact that where I found that I was wrong is I need to... I never did spur of the moment stuff, but I need to schedule my stuff, Has specific things on that day, like months in advance. Mm-hmm. I need to have a six-month schedule that's released a couple months ahead of time, mm-hmm. and I failed to do that because if if I don't give them enough time to, to, prepare. to prepare as far as this date's blocked off, I have to be here, mm-hmm. okay, that's my failure as an owner, and I realized that because, you know, I would have these things, but say it's a month out, but some people's schedule's already booked a month out, mm-hmm. so I've kind of failed in that aspect because... We've had we have trainer meetings. We used to have two a month, and first one would be about the the um, the business side, mm-hmm. like because I I ask them their input mm-hmm. and their advice and um, see what they think of the direction on the business side because they're they're attached to our community more than any other people as our trainers, right? Mm-hmm. So they know they get a different. They may hear or f- get different feedback than what I get because I'm very um, I'm very direct. Sometimes I can become, an, even though I'm the easiest person to talk to, some people f- don't want to because they may not want to hear what I have to say. Mm-hmm. So our trainers may hear other things. So I ask them their advice and things like that. So we have that. And then the second part was where we teach them on an aspect, like I pick a movement or pick something.
0: Yeah, coaching development, yeah.
1: Develop them as a coach. Maybe re re-up their skills because as coaches, we're the last to get coached. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, absolutely. Right, and yeah. so really work on that. So I think that's where I failed, and I'm I'm very excited that you know when we remodeled, that's one of the, honestly one of the biggest reasons. Not that a, a huge whiteboard. Um, well, those me. never hurt though. They, it, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't keep me from doing it, but for me, uh, a lot of times I'll get note. I put all my stuff in my my iPhone. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll be in the middle of something that I'll swipe that notification because I'm in the middle of a message or and you, something yeah, that I forget about it. Yeah. This is going to allow me to, and I have, I can't wait to to lay this out. I already have stuff written down. I have, I have my notes. I keep adding to my notes daily. Mm-hmm. I look at it. I see it every day. And it's going to help me actually be more productive and 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 maximize
0: those training opportunities and and doing it
1: proper scheduling it further far enough in advance, have a, have an outline of what I want to cover in the next six months for Mm -hmm. the next six months of content with the ability to adjust it for new things. You should start a podcast, dude. (laughs) There's no way I'm starting a podcast. Yeah. I hear you, man. I just want to be a little podcast bitch that (laughs) sets up the microphones like I do now.
0: Are there any skills specific that you need to be a coach? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would think... You be a people person. You know, the one thing that would come to mind is you have to be comfortable talking to people, talking to strangers, talking to people you know. I, I think that's kind of... I would say that's a hard requirement is you have to be able to talk to people.
1: Talk to people. You have to be humble. You can't be... You have to be open-minded. There's just so many things. I mean, skills that... I think that's why it's hard to be a good coach because you have to have a lot of skills. You can't, I can't make you open-minded. Correct. I can't. Yeah. I can't make you love people. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you're not a people person, like one of our trainers is very fun Sunny. She's she loves dogs more than humans. And we we right, had a long talk about right? that. So if if a house is burning and there's a dog and a human inside, yeah. she's getting the, the dog, dog. <laughs> and she knows one's going to die. <laughs> this this is the reality of it, and that's just, you know. Uh, her husband's, you know, in, in law enforcement. and She was in the law enforcement field, and when you are in that area, you you actually start getting more respect for animals, animals. than you do yeah. actually people because you. That's so like the, in the military; those work, work dogs get better
0: treatment than the uh, active duty army, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> yeah, right. The best food, the best training. They got all the best gear, right? Yeah. And um, so, I think you can't make people. And she does a great job, but she's like, we're very. Uh, we could be brother sister uh-huh. it's kind of really weird yeah and um but you know she does a great job she she she's a coach and she likes to be a coach and she likes to learn and she likes to teach mm-hmm. and I think that helps get her over that hump of she likes our people that are inside here, mm-hmm. but like she may not like you if you're not inside here, but she, she's not really a people person uh-huh. she love it's like a family you know yeah. she's not going to hate her family and she you know she could, but she doesn't mm-hmm. hate her family so One thing that I've heard people say is that, well, I'm an introvert, but
0: I've seen plenty of people that have identified themselves as introvert be very good coaches. I don't think that's something that if you've branded yourself that or you've taken like some sort of measurement tool that says you're an introverted type person. I don't think you should let that preclude you from becoming a coach, because if you're passionate, Mm -hmm. you can overcome that. And just like you said with Sonny, like, she loves her family. Mm-hmm. But maybe when she goes out to the grocery store, she's not going to strike up a conversation with someone in Stranger, alone. right. But in here, everybody's family. And I think – I don't think that that's – That
1: does help, I would say. You're you know, right.
0: I, I don't think that's something you should say, oh, well, I can't become a coach because I'm an introvert.
1: Right. Yeah. I would. Yeah. I mean, I, you don't know until you know, right, mm-hmm. it, until you do it. And that's just – that's anything. Now, it's – I don't know. You have to have – the passion is good. But in my opinion, passion only it only burns for so long mm-hmm. as far as my mine doesn't burn out, but it's that it only gets you to one spot. And mm-hmm. then you need knowledge and then you need, you mm-hmm. know, the the time, the dedication, the willingness to sacrifice a lot. It's just a lot that goes into after the passion. Mm-hmm. And Stu says it a, a really well. And he says it often that, you know, passion's great, but you can It's can't, not gonna pay the bills. Passion does not pay the bills. It doesn't, because you can I can I know a lot of passionate people but it doesn't mean they can come and do what I do.
0: No, absolutely. And one of the biggest questions, and this came from our social media channels Mm -hmm. when we did our Ask Us Anything episode, and we wanted to actually save this question for this particular moment, is the question was,
1: do you have to be a good athlete to be a good coach? Right. And uh, I I think if you think that, you're being very ignorant to... That if you look at Bill Belichick, that dude... He doesn't look like he could sack a quarterback. (laughs) He couldn't throw a ball. He isn't intercepting nothing. He's not going to play Mike Linebacker. Yeah. Um, He isn't, you know, he's not going to be... He's not going to run back. He's not going to make the top 100 on NFL Network. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just saying it does not mean that you have to be a great athlete. Mm -hmm. You have to have a good mind. Mm -hmm. And you have to be willing to learn... And to bury yourself into what you what you love, and just let it completely surround you. Mm-hmm. And that way, you know, honestly, it's. I think if you can let something surround your mind, and then you start, and you just shut, shut it off, and you see your surroundings, you can start really picking out some certain things. Like that's why I think when I get in, honestly, I think the best in the shower. I think I'm finally in my moment of like ten minutes of I'm I'm completely relaxed Mm -hmm. I'm not really thinking about anything but just like this is my time away Mm -hmm. and it's something I enjoy and honestly my best ideas always come from I literally I'll come out of the shower I'm like I'm rushing to get to my phone so I can get this stuff down
0: yeah because you messaged me what was it Wednesday or Thursday right
1: it was (laughs) I wasn't in the shower guys I wasn't in the shower thinking of Mo (laughs) but (laughs) because that'd be really weird but um no, it, it it is because I think when you let your mind go, right? Because you mm-hmm. you switch it off, and then if you're surrounded by a lot of things that is your business or what you are a huge part of, then you start seeing small things that you may or may not have seen because mm-hmm. your mind was so busy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happens. Bill Belichick is he's going to go probably the greatest coach of all time. I would agree in my lifetime. Yeah, yeah, and and, yeah. And, um, and that's a long time for Mo and. <laughs> <laughs> and uh okay so i've seen athletes play that are now coaches you seen yeah, super bowl one yeah <laughs> but um no i think that's that's the thing is you don't have to be a great athlete mm-hmm. but yeah i think it, well, if you he played the game he mm-hmm. did and i think you have to and i think that's probably if you look at crossfit that's how we you've done crossfit and now you want to be a coach and he did he played football mm-hmm. he maybe was a better a mind mm-hmm. than a player, which you often see. Mm-hmm. He made the transition and he was just, he, he actually was just an errand boy when he first started, mm-hmm. if, you, if people don't know his story. And he would, he just really didn't, he had no involvement in the team. He literally just would run errands mm-hmm. and, and whatever this guy needed. Oh. Anyways, he studied under a very good football mind. Mm-hmm. And when he was running errands, he started hearing things. Mm-hmm. He started listening, mm-hmm. which is key key. Don't be dumb. you got to listen to everything. And take the bad, throw it away, take the good, put it right in that pocket. And then that's what he did. He started taking all these little nuggets. And what happened? Over time, that adds up to a lot of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Then he takes that knowledge, and he has control of my uh, Cleveland Browns football team. (laughs) And he built us for uh, Super Bowl destiny. (laughs) And then we sold the team. I'm just saying. (laughs) Um, Bill Belichick should be at the Browns right now. (laughs) And and he he took all that knowledge – and he he actually got to finally start applying it to f- his sport. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we don't understand is you can have a lot of knowledge and you may be an okay CrossFit athlete, mm-hmm. right? But you can train the best CrossFit athletes. Mm-hmm. Cuz I get you Ben Bergeron, he's not a great crossfitter. He's not he's not a games winner. Mm-hmm. Is he? No. He's not a regional, he's not gonna make regionals. He I don't even know if he make a down masters qualifier. I don't know if he make the the top two hundred in that. So what's that tell you? He's he, got a great mind. He's yeah. got a great mind. He's invested time and effort. He's found a system. He's he's tried it and tested it and he's had a lot of stumbles, I guarantee it. Mm. But he has now got it narrowed down to a great product that works for elite athletes and mm-hmm. he's starting to try to expand into your everyday CrossFitter.
0: And I think from a sports perspective, if you take a look across the major uh, sporting organizations uh, globally, if you look at some of those premier coaches in whatever sport, you'll find that they were above average athletes. Phil Jackson comes to mind. You know, he, Granted, he, run, he won a couple of world championship rings and he was, a, he, he was a good player, but he wasn't someone that was gonna put the team on his back. And carry him to the promised land. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, Tyronn Lue, you know, for Cleveland, you know, he was he was a he was a bench player. Like he was like a sixth guy. You know, he, he had some moments where he was a was a part of the starting five. But again, not someone I can look back in my uh, lifetime and say, oh, he was an amazing athlete. You know, he was a he was a he was a player. He was a key player, and and he was intelligent about how he played.
1: Go back to Phil Jackson real quick, and I think it's a it's a great comparison. Let's talk him as a coach. I think what you see is a, a good coach. Uh, but in, an amazing mind. In, and yeah. in, in, in a great mind. I think what you see is if they change their location, they change teams. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, if they no, do. I see what you're saying, yeah. They, they are successful wherever they go, yeah. right? And I think that's that's something you can look at is it doesn't matter what team he coached. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter the the caliber of supposed athletes he had. Mm-hmm. Okay, he makes those athletes... Perform as one, mm-hmm. perform the to their best ability, maximizing, maximize. Skill sets. So, you know, I think th- you can do it in baseball too. You you don't have to have the the best players; you have to have the best team. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can get in the aspect where every you're the best team, where everybody's working together, mm-hmm. that's all because of the manager, right? And it's all because of wherever you you can uproot a really good coach mm-hmm. from a a three time you know, repeating champion and put them into one of the worst teams ever. And in the next five years, they're going to be a playoff contender. Mm -hmm. It's just because their system works.
0: All right, Bill, we're calling you out. Come to Cleveland.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, yeah, it'd be cool if you would come to Cleveland. But I'm just saying in general, like, I think Phil Jackson has success wherever he would go. Mm -hmm. Bill Belichick would have success in wherever he goes because he has, he's not the best athlete. Mm -hmm. He played the sport. But he has – he's a great coach. And
0: one thing I've heard in the past about people that become successful coaches, because they weren't amazing players, they had to work at what it was that they became great at in terms of the coaching aspect. Because a naturally gifted athlete may or may not have necessarily had the struggles as someone who had to work hard to get to that level so they understand what it is to be a mediocre athlete Mm -hmm. and having to progress to becoming a good athlete – and, therefore, they're able to communicate to your everyday CrossFitter or your everyday athlete and say, hey, do this, do that, blah, blah, blah where maybe someone who just naturally gifted might not have the uh, the skill or ability to coach someone on how to do something as great as they can just because it's, it's, it's something they were born with. And
1: I think you just – you're on fire. So um, <laughs> I think what you just said is huge because people don't realize that the amount that goes into coaching mm-hmm. – is just as amount the same amount as it would be to a, be a great athlete. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So the amount of time and dedication to be a regional games competitor, it, it everybody says all oh, all they do is work out. Yes and no. Yeah, their 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 volume's much higher, and mm-hmm. it may take instead of an hour and a half, it may take them three hours to get everything in. You know, four or five days a week, whatever it may be. But guess what? If I said, "Hey Mo, you do three hours a day," <laughs> right? and you're going to be a games athlete. It, it just doesn't translate. You mm-hmm. have to have some sort of attributes. Mm-hmm. But they put a lot of time and effort into training, mo- mobilizing, getting, keeping their bodies and the nutrition. Mm-hmm. As a coach, a co- real coach, you put just the same as a, amount of time into being a great coach as the athletes do to be a great athlete. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where, that's where I've, I've, I had to draw a line is, was I ever going to go to regionals games? No. Okay, I could be I think I could be a lot better CrossFitter if I took away from coaching Mm -hmm. and invested more into myself, which is very selfish. Mm -hmm. And I would never do that. But I've taken on the role not as a cop out because, you know, I'm not going to say I would be good or bad, but it's not a cop out to say, oh, now I'm not a great athlete because I'm an owner. No, I've made the decision that my job is now to make everybody better. Mm -hmm and as best they can, so I invest most of my time into that. Mm -hmm. I'm the last to work out. I'm the last to train, and I think because if you don't put that time in, I think the results will start showing, and your members could still be happy, Mm -hmm. right? They could be happy and have a great community, and they're still working out and still getting fitness, but I'm not happy with happy. I want, Mm -hmm. I'm happy with great, and that's what I strive for.
0: And I think, for me, final thoughts on all of this in terms of if you're making that decision to be a coach, the one thing you have to ask yourself is are you willing to make the sacrifice? Because I think that's what this boils down to is what can you sacrifice in order to become a, a great coach?
1: Because you just listened to what we said, and that's only one small percent of what it takes to be a great coach. Mm-hmm. And what we said? Can you sacrifice what we just said? Are you going to sacrifice your training time for your other member's training time? I am just saying yeah. is you, is your is your snatch more important than your member's snatch? Mm-hmm. Are you going to go get your session in and not get and not be sit there and like Mo said, spend another fifteen minutes with the uh, your member who is just still trying to grasp the hang power snatch? Mm-hmm. You are going to go get your session in because you got to leave. Mm-hmm. So who are you going to choose?
0: Yeah, I, I there's Multiple occasions a month where I have to cut my workout short because I have to take care of an athlete, and right. that's fine. It, I, are you going to
1: sacrifice that, yeah. right? That's Some people are like, yeah, I'll do it. And some people are like, no, I'm, I want to see what I can snatch. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're the latter, then just stop. You really need to think about it. You really need to think yeah. about what you're doing because if you can't sacrifice just the couple things that we brought up. Um, yeah,
0: we're just this is the iceberg yeah, here. This yeah. is
1: very small. And if you can't sacrifice at least that, don't be a coach. Be an athlete. Yeah.
0: And there's nothing wrong with that.
1: No, absolutely. We need athletes because then it gives me people to coach.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But as always, if you guys have any questions on our philosophies or thought process, please hit us up. Uh, We've had a lot of people shoot us emails. Uh, met Facebook Messenger, uh, yesterday. TMS on Instagram. We even had the pleasure of meeting some of our listeners yesterday yeah. during the competition, so that was amazing. So P- thank you for coming up and saying people hi. People, I, I really had no idea. That. Yeah.
1: Same with you, right? Yeah, yeah. We- I
0: had no idea. Some people listened, and they just came up and said, hey, I really appreciate the show, and I'm like, yeah. you know, that, that makes us feel good about what it is we're doing here. So. Yeah,
1: because we don't, we can't put faces on the downloads. Uh, yeah,
0: unfortunately, I can see your IP address, but I don't know who you guys are. <laughs> yeah, it's probably Chinese <laughs> that, anyways. That would be creepy.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, so this week's call to action. Uh, we know you like we know you share but we need you to hit that subscribe button on whatever uh, manner of software or program that you're using to listen to our show that really makes a huge difference like we mentioned earlier but as always thank you very much for being part of this community we really appreciate what you do for us Uh, continue to send us those messages give us inspiration ideas for show topics
1: for every subscription we get mo gives you a hug
0: yeah, yeah. Just let him, let I'm a know. big hugger. Yeah. yeah, he's a big
1: hugger, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, yeah, hit the, hit that subscribe button. It only takes a second, and I think that um, you get our content instantly downloaded yes. to your phone. Um, so you wake up, boom, it's there. Right. I mean, what's better than actually that night? Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, may- maybe for the Right before you go to bed, in Germany, you, get a, yeah. you get sweet dreams of the One, one More <laughs> Rep podcast. I don't know. All
0: right, that brings this week's episode to a close. I'm Owen, I'm out. you. Thank you for listening to the one more rep podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at one more rep podcast or on Twitter at can I get one more or shoot us an email at can I get one more at gmail.com.
1: If we want to release content, it's the more more things people can share. And if we make this stuff that we want to be relative to our direction, and I'm saying like what, We've been kind of, I don't know, we sat down, you know, you wanted to go this way. And I was like, want to go that way. Not in a bad way. Yeah. But I think it's worked out for its best.
0: Oh, absolutely. So, Cause I think. Because <laughs> this is absolutely not the direction I had originally <laughs> at all. And it's way different. Because I, I told you, I was like, I was just thinking like once a month, mm-hmm. you know, for like an hour. And then just be cool with it. And then you're like, no, fucking we're going to record every day for eight hours. And yeah. you're going to stay in here. <laughs> I'm gonna chain you to these to these walls,
1: but look at what's changed, man. You're bringing your own cup for your cold brew now <laughs> I mean you're not, it's not even a cup it's like a it's a it's thermos a,
0: yeah, it's, a, it's a freaking <laughs> space age ice shaker thermos
1: and you said that you've been spoiled imagine that you only yes got, i
0: have I have been spoiled you would have
1: got craft beer so you only got tipsy <laughs> once a month and then you'd have got really good cold <laughs> brew once a month.